0: Hey everyone here, welcome back to yet another episode of Alf Metallica. This is your host, Tom Quee here. We are here for yet another edition, going back through the entire back catalogue of Metallica, and today we come to not only one of my all-time favourite Metallica songs, but one of my all-time favourite pieces of music, full stop. Right. Like, I'm a big fan of instrumental music and you know soundtrack, symphonic music, whatever you want to call it. And this ranks up there with anything else. This song has left me spellbound, uh, you know, since I've listened to it, really. And I keep discovering secrets and new magic within it. And I'm very excited to discuss it today. If you're new to the show, this is myself and a guest going through every song, as I say, of the Metallica's back catalogue. Follow us at MetallicaPod on Twitter. If you want to get in touch with me, MetallicaPod at gmail.com. If you want to come on and do a song, we've got about 20 slots available until we wrap up. I think we'll have about 160-odd episodes or something like that. So got a little way to go. We're doing two a week, though, so we're going to get there quite promptly. So, yeah, get in touch with MetallicaPod at gmail.com If you want to discuss a song, I will get back to you to what's available, and we can agree a date in the future. Um, Patreon is there. All the episodes like this go onto the Patreon first. So if you want to download them directly to your phone or listen online or whatever, you can listen to them through the Patreon if you support us there. iTunes is there as well. Please leave a review. Give us some feedback there. Helps push up the algorithm. Yeah, that's about it, really. You know, go back through the channel. Listen to any episode you haven't encountered before. Today, my guest, you know, I had this guy on very early on for all Nightmare Long. You know, this guy is not only an incredibly acclaimed Metallica vlogger and a gifted musician, he's really a brilliant mind in terms of analysis and fandom. He also has covered the entirety of Orion on bass quite wonderfully, I may add. I watched it just before went live and we are lucky to have him here in the Metallica. Community Andre Vasilenko. Andre, how's it going, sir?
1: Yeah, hi, friends.
0: Yeah, I'm here. I'm all right. hope <laughs> you're doing well. So good to have you here. I mean, how would you describe your channel? Because you do so much Metallica wise. It's crazy.
1: I would describe it as um, I tried to not position my channel as only Metallica, yeah. but it happened to be so. Sure. Especially in the light of recent copyright, as I call it, madness. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm fortunate to be. Uh, Less damaged by it, because Metallica is um, not on any major label. So they are in full control of their music, so they are not blocking videos. They allow uh, me and other guys to freely cover them, discuss them, make compilations. So now (laughs) 95% of my videos are Metallica. I do some Megadeth because it's also my favorite band. Mm-hmm. It's a Metallica hub, I don't know. No. Yeah. I'm glad it happened to be this way because our community is so great, so dedicated to it. I want to keep it that way. <laughs>
0: Yeah, and you know, people not aware, a lot of your videos have gone viral. I'm sure a lot of people listening will be aware of your stuff. The quality is incredible. And one of the things you've been doing recently, you know, it's, your channel's kind of like I mean, it's in a noise way, kind of like a buzzfeed of Metallica. You do loads of lists, you know, you do 20 levels of Metallica harmony, easiest to hardest, of of vocals, of drum parts, of, of Cliff's bass parts, etc. You know, fascinating documentation. So, you know, I want to push people to go onto the channel. Uh, Andre's been on before as I say so if you want to know more about his history check out All Nightmare Long and we also just had you on for a general chat episode about a year ago or so which was uh yeah again really really Mm -hmm. fruitful but today we are focusing on Orion and I know like most fans but you especially for the amount of tributes that you've done um I mean you're working on like a Cliff Barton book when we last talked is that still happening uh I yeah I have written it um Like,
1: I'm not going to add anything to this book because I feel like if I'm gonna read, if I'm gonna write something else, it's gonna be another book Mm. that would include more information about Cliff, but not this particular uh, book. Um, So I kept it as it was, revised it, added a few chapters for Patreons that are not in the book, but I added like. They could download PDF and read it online. So, yeah, I've done a big, oh, my God, I don't know how to call it. (laughs) A big work Mm -hmm. about Cliff. But I want to move on and not focus only on this part. But Cliff was part of Metallica. So if I continue to write a book, it's going to be about Metallica, not about Cliff. And this would be like, uh, you know, I like um, people make EPs that later combine into one full album. So this is kind of this way. Okay. I made Total Cliff and this is part of a bigger way, maybe. Yes, yes. I keep on
0: exploring. Yes, Total Cliff, that, that was the name of it. And I mean to- this 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 song Orion is yeah. kind of totally cliff isn't it like this is his song you know this was played at his funeral obviously he wrote the majority of it i mean you can't listen to this and not just think of cliff right yeah sure this is he is
1: um even though in the songwriting credits it's mentioned like uh james Hetfield, lars ulrich and then cliff burton yeah basically this is all Cliff's work. And James just added his uh, guitar vision, and Lars, of course, played drums, and helped to make, um, polish the song, to make the transitions more smooth. But yeah, all the riffs are cliffs, even the harmonies, which mm. he eventually, initially wanted to play on bass, but that would be too, too crazy, yeah. and the guys told him that. <laughs> so they did it on the guitar, but uh, absolutely amazing work, simple enough to, for beginner bass players actually, mm. but some leaks are advanced so you may spend several years to get it completely. But in general it's a good track to test your bass skills and in general it's a good um, piece of music that represents what Metallica could do even without vocals
0: absolutely i mean i for me this is the peak of their instrumental work what do you think uh
1: yeah sometimes i think that orion could be a little bit more complex maybe and sometimes i uh, i hear those riffs lines of cliff and i think man he could write a bit more complicated run like especially that Mm -hmm. like his bass line is so basic there. The guitar riff is more um, um, sophisticated. But uh, I thought, like, why Cliff didn't um, uh, make it more complex? And then I thought, yeah, that's the point. Yeah. <laughs> you have to stop somewhere. And they had limited time in studio, and they finished the song in studio. So they had to stop somewhere. And this is what made Orion such a such an exemplary Metallica song yeah Yeah,
0: and as outlandish as some of his parts are that we'll get to he is always serving the song and I think the reason I love Orion so much is not because oh my god Cliff has this solo and blah blah it's just absolutely the composition of it I think is out of this world really and we open with Cliff with that bass of a worldly warble, it's quite threatening. It's getting louder and louder, but still very low in frequency. You know, that wall of sound. Yeah. Described very well in Joel McIver's book, uh, who also mm-hmm. wrote a book about Cliff. Have you read his Cliff book? I haven't read it. To Lose Today? Uh, yes, that's right. Yeah, of course, I read mm-hmm. it. He says, quote, The intro is a layered sheet of bass notes, heavily processed and sounding almost orchestral. It also fades in, a highly affected device which adds to its mesmeric quality and then he quotes fleming speaking about the making of it quote i fiddled around a lot with some ams harmonizing stuff for the intro to orion that stuff took a while to record and took longer and longer as the album went on and you know what, what would you make of this this kind of you know this backwash of sound that opens orion
1: you know this intro this main riff is basically two notes mm-hmm. two root notes e and uh the and and just minor major. Yeah. And Cliff just tried to figure out what he could do with just two notes, actually. And he went that way, tried to add more effects, figure out what's gonna be great from it. And this is how the whole composition like developed. It starts from the really simple lick, but so massive because of all the effects. Mm. And then, you know, I'm still exploring this composition. I have a friend of mine from Sweden, and he was the guy who um, really helped me to break down this intro. Channels, right, left, and center. And finally we heard that this is just single notes. He didn't play massive chords, like strum all all the four strings. Just simple notes. And this is the simplest harmony in Metallica, E B B and E B F sharp. Basically, mm-hmm. this is even against the classical music. Like, no, you uh, you must not uh, harmonize fifths and fourths because it's um, it's wrong. <laughs> but Cliff did something incredible and made um, a huge sound, which is he didn't know how it's gonna sound. We just went to the studio and the work with flam uh, F- Fleming,
0: and they just did it just and, taped it yeah and in uh, in back to the front which is something that I've covered with the Metal Gear podcast, guys, the authorised yeah. visual history of uh, the Master of Puppets album tour. They speak, obviously, about all the songs. And in the book, you can see studio production notes for Orion written on the Sweet Silent Studios mm-hmm. stationery paper, which mm-hmm. is absolutely mad. And James says, quote, Cliff wanted giant sounds, and nowhere is more evident than Orion's intro. It's like an organ, almost, just this giant wall of sound with the drums fading in. It's totally classical to me. Is it classical? Mm-hmm.
1: Is it classical to you, Andre? Uh, it's more than classical. It's classical that went through uh, metal and reached something even higher. I don't know how. Sometimes people uh, call Orion um, something like progressive metal. Some um,
0: yeah.
1: grains of progressive metal. It's kind of true, even though it's not. Um, it doesn't contain much of uh, odd time signatures, no. but still. But the sound, uh, yeah. By the way, um, speaking of the uh, organ, uh, there's been going this misconception on the internet among fans that what was the intro? Or, uh, organ, keyboard, or bass? And we hear in the rough mix of Orion, which was available on the reissue of Master of Puppets, in the rough mix, or demo, yeah, no, rough mix, that was keyboard, obviously. Yeah. And people went like, oh, that was keyboard. But in the final version, that was bass. It's, it's so, like, it seems like Cliff just had this chord progression, these two, uh, three chords. And he tried to uh, make the sound that would fit this, this uh, lick better. And he tried this on the organ, on the keyboard. He had these chords. But um, in the process of finishing the song, we heard that the uh, rest of the bass line was there, except, no, no, uh, that was not the complete bass line, but the guitars were done. He just tried to figure out it um, on the run. And then they went for uh, the massive bass sound. And the organ was just a demo to see how the chords work.
0: Yeah. yeah, it was yeah. the work in progress rough mix that you mentioned from yeah. November yeah, 95. Yeah, yeah. yeah, which everyone can hear. Yeah. And, and yeah, it's an, it's a spooky, almost Count Dracula organ that's used. And I'm glad it got replaced. And, I, you know, it just adds to the enigmatic nature of the song that it begins with these giant tones. And I love the switch as well. So, you know, it's just the bass and drums here for the first, I'm pretty sure it's like almost the first minute, the first 57 seconds until uh, the riff comes 50. in. Uh, 54 seconds, 54 I remember seconds. this moment. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> 54 Then, um, But I love the, the swap that happens. So we open with very loud bass and then, you know, the drums can kind of be detected slightly marching in, pounding, gentle at first, somewhat obscured. And then we have the switch around where the drums become the dominant instrument as the guitars begin to crash in. Yeah.
1: I remember when I first heard this song, like 10 years ago. I uh, listened to Metallica songs one by one, not uh, full albums. Like, hmm. I explored this song then, went to Load, one song from Load. So I kind of made it mixed. And remember, I... Sorry, I, down, uh, I downloaded it. Right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> We've been there.
0: We've been there.
1: <laughs> uh, it was... Um, um, I did it... I was at my friend's, I think, house, and I... Um, downloaded it on my mp3 player and i went home that evening and i remember listening to the intro and thinking well this is gonna be something interesting and then when the guitar enters this uh 54 second i felt the goosebumps i i i cannot i can't uh i can't forget that feeling it's still, those goosebumps when I hear this transition. Yes. Tara, ta, 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 ta,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and guitars. Oh my god! This is the highest. Uh, yeah, this is the uh, the peak of that Metallica. This transition actually. Yes. This hype, this energy. I, I've been listening to this song for ten years. I have covered it three times. I made three covers. Every time I revised it and made improvements. But I still have these goosebumps when I hear this notation. This particular moment, especially. Yes,
0: yes. I love the riff. Loves Love the use of the triad. Very inventive riff. Love the shape as well. And the fact that as the riff is going, the bass is still the same it is in the intro. It's still kind of haywired and garbled and cocked open. It's a great juxtaposition.
1: Yeah, that's the point. Cliff just had these chords. And he wrote basically two riffs. The intro and the main riff. When he... Mm-hmm. And he showed this to James. And James did the riff. yeah, In his style. Maybe I think Cliff uh, maybe advised him to use different in- intervals, try it and w- even a uh, second, like, um, but, yeah, guitar is leading there, actually. Cliff gave James uh, some room to uh, give the riff, the guitar riff, the lead feel. Yeah. Like, here, the guitar is leading, but then uh, Cliff uh, does his first bass break, And this is a perfect example how the bass and guitars and everything is so balanced in the song. It's not all the way just bass, doing distortion, Mm -hmm. these complex runs, chops, I don't know. This is a composition and the main riff, guitar riff is actually one of my most favorite. I believe I mentioned it as my favorite main riff on Master of Puppets, actually. Guitar, guitar riff. Not yeah, guitar. yeah, I bass think that's a, basic.
0: that's a very fair choice, yeah. And I mean, when the guitar becomes the lead instrument in, I guess you can call it the chorus, you know, just with the very simple guitar shapes underneath it and Cliff with the the lead bass. I mean, the tone here, again, is quite different to the intro. It's very overdriven, isn't it? I guess it needs to be to a certain extent to have it heard, as clear as it is.
1: Yeah, we, me and a few guys who know the... Equipment side better the sound the tone mm-hmm. the gear we discussed it and actually he might have used different uh, chains for the intro and the break this bass bridge I don't know in the bridge it's just overdrive and it might be just his Marley pedal just doing the overdrive mm. without wah. But the intro is something that we still don't know what he used, actually. He c- could use uh, his uh, um, even Big Muff, even though he didn't use it uh, for several years, probably. But in the break, it's, it, it, c- it could be just his Morley, just on the uh, overdrive mode. And that was enough to make bass stand out in the mix. And in one interview, you remember, um, one, the interviewer said that it's like keyboard dish. It sounds like keyboards mm. in that moment. Hey, Cliff, said, Cliff said that, first of all, he does not consider it as a bass solo. Uh, it's just a, a break. And yeah, that's bass. That's just overdriven bass. Yeah, And guitar um, is doing something simple there, but that's the point.
0: Yeah. What, what what a bass would normally do underneath a league guitar, yeah, yeah. yeah, the roles yeah. have been swapped and then as we get into the riff after that done 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 done. I mean it's so tight, the way it snaps into it, and the bass is back beneath, serving a more traditional role there, it's just tighter and stronger, it has a real roofless cast to it doesn't it?
1: Yeah, this league has one tricky moment at the end, because for a fingerstyle bass player, it's a uh it sounds Mm -hmm. simple but actually you have to mute this make little pause and it's actually quite hard (laughs) Uh, when you try this song um, you always stumble upon it and uh, I don't know actually I don't know what to say about this riff now Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I could have some um, special thoughts but now I can't uh, have any in my
0: mind. <laughs> no, it, it is right. Yeah, the way it's played, um, the, the kind of where it's demanding your fingers on the fretboard as well, it does have this snapping quality that your hands kind of all over the place, but it's just so, you know, iron tight. And then, as we always have with these sort of instrumentals, Kirk introducing a lead by way of this kind of call and response, na 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 you know, a kind of a gorgeous lead. I think Kirk is on fire for the entirety of Orion. I love his playing here. Yeah,
1: and that's um, where the main riff comes back. Mm-hmm. Like, and he does it on the main riff, not the da 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 da. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, that's a great way to make the riff sound even better, because when you repeat it, um, it stays in your mind. (laughs) And this riff deserves to be repeated more and more. And yeah, Cliff's, uh, Kirk's solos are his best years. Yes. His best years, uh, these late 80s. How many solos Mm -hmm. of Kirk in this song? one two three actually yeah three solos um elaborate solos of course he thought about it he uh, rehearsed it
0: um yeah lars wasn't coaching him through in the hardwired studio like these leads really sing (coughs) (laughs) You know, that play, it really feels like the song's collapsing. You know, it really has a narrative to it. It's really sorrowful and just so much emotion charged into it. And, you know, I I love that it kind of crescendos with this solo. And then the song begins to break down, begins to disintegrate. And there's a gong splash and the silence and then penetrating like a rose through pavement is that gleaming cliff arpeggio.
1: You know... Orion is often uh, mentioned in top ten, top fifteen, top fifty bass reefs of all time, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, people when they think of Orion, they think of this riff, yeah. Okay. This, mm-hmm. But I actually prefer that first bass break. Uh, I don't know why
0: <laughs> Yeah, it's an, it's an odd choice. I respect the choice, but it's just I mean, I don't know those arpeggios. They're so enclosed aren't they? There's something quite mm. mysterious and alluring. You feel like almost cliffs showing some of his real personality here I don't know. Yeah,
1: sure. Yeah, I, rem- I remember I made a video 14 underrated bass riffs and I played that um, Orion's bass break that I said I prefer <laughs> to the interlude Yeah. yeah. And people write, Orion is not underrated. Of course, but that particular riff is underrated because people always mention that interlude instead of that bass riff. They do. Uh, They actually, people sometimes don't distinguish uh, underrated riff in one song and underrated song. This is quite different things. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Orion is... um, Uh, moderately, maybe, moderately overrated, just slightly. Maybe because of Cliff's death. But it's, I recently did a survey, Uh, asked my subscribers to um, write three songs from each album Uh, they um, like the most, the favorite songs. And Orion is second after Master of Puppets on the album. So Master of Puppet, then Orion, then Sanitarium, (laughs) you see, and it deserves it, actually, and that bass riff actually deserves to represent the whole song, this uh, soft, um, I don't know, interlude, it's not Breakdown yet, Breakdown was before, it's an interlude that was a separated piece of music. So they they just found a way to glue these two parts together. And that worked out, like, great. Uh, One subscriber found it similar to, uh, 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 oh, my God, I forgot. My Friend in Misery? No, no. No. Yeah, of course. Yeah.
0: I mean, it's Uh, got a lot of that DNA.
1: But but I didn't see the similarity until the guy uh, pointed at it. Because, uh, because it's like, wow, well, it's kind of similar. But I don't think that it's a um, uh, homage or a ripoff. off uh, But yeah, it's kind of similar. Yeah. But still, uh, Cliff took it from the anesthesia, actually. There's thrice. Right, right. But in Orion, it's not, a- it's right. It's... it's uh, Root, fifth, and octave. Mm -hmm. Uh, But that's not the point.
0: (laughs) Yeah, you can get slightly mired (laughs) down in that, but I appreciate uh, the expertise here.
1: We find similarities with classical music, with uh, riffs of other bands. Uh, But that's not the point, yeah. Uh, I find this riff uh, very original because he hadn't uh, written this before for Metallica. Uh, we heard from the Beltos intro. We heard, um, what else he wrote? These harmonies for uh, Creeping Death, Fates of Black. He is a screaming bass in Cthulhu. Mm-hmm. And now he does something just bass. Just softly played bass. And all the harmonies over it. And I don't know what came first, these harmonies or these um, arpeggios. He definitely had this chord progression first, chord progression. And he wrote these harmonies, wanted to play them on bass. And when Kirk and James took, actually James, James uh, recorded uh, all the harmonies, uh, took these harmonies to play on guitar, maybe Cliff just needed to come up with this arpeggio to have these basses for these guitar harmonies.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: So maybe this came after that. Maybe, I don't know. We have to ask James.
0: <laughs> <laughs> one day, one day. But, uh, you know, as 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 the song does peel back into this slow section with the arpeggios, you know, it, it really is quite transcendent. Um, the, the, the ambient harmonics carving out space in the song. And then, you know, we, we just get to spend a little bit of time with the bass riff before the James harmonies come in. And, you know, these harmony lines are all time for me. There is such a a swooning swagger that's still quite collected and patient. Like, I don't know if you've seen them playing this song live much on YouTube, but I watch quite a few editions, and I forget where they are, but when they get to this part, and they played it about 10 years ago, Mm -hmm. they're both lost in thought, clearly reminiscing about Cliff as they play it. And you can see Kirk like look over to James kind of lovingly, because he knows what he's going through as he plays it. And it is... It, you know, even without them, you know, obviously this is before anything happened with Cliff, it wasn't related to that at all, but it does take on this quite ceremonial aspect, doesn't it? There is a sense of remembrance in this instrumental section that is probably tacked on from what happened last time, but it still feels that way.
1: Of course, uh,
0: Metallica have been through a
1: lot, and that moment in their career, in their lives, was very emotional, and this song played on the funeral of Cliff, mm-hmm. uh, it's it's like stays this way forever. It will always be associated with Cliff, his death, his life, his everything. And of course, when they play this live, uh, it provokes some emotions in them, in their fans. And especially, I'm glad where I'm so excited when the crowd uh, is singing this harmony, this riff, you know, instrumental song, and they sing it, they do it. So, especially in Latin America, for the first time, I heard uh, this main riff of Orion um, sang by the crowd. And that was, yeah, and the crowd also sings this harmony. So it creates some, a vibe of unity that they remember Cliff and they appreciate what he did. And this harmony is, of course, a part of Cliff's soul he, he left on this composition. Yeah, and um, regarding this harmony, uh, this is also a tricky piece of music because they, they have to uh, have a good timing in these bands
0: mm. to
1: bend this note to the right pitch and not sound dissonant. Yeah. So it's quite hard to um, have this timing between James and Kirk. Uh, so, so they have to be careful with the song, of course. I remember that uh, live debut of the song in um, Rock and Ring, yeah? 2006, uh, yeah.
0: 2005 it got debuted, actually. Uh,
1: six, six, yes. Uh, on, so their, on
0: their website, it's 5, San Francisco, California, November 13th.
1: Uh, November 13th, but that was the live debut. They yes.
0: it... I mean, I'm just going off their website. I know you're the uh, Metallica expert. But... They they,
1: uh, they played it several times, like partially, only interlude. But oh, okay. the complete thing was played in Germany 2006, yeah. And um, Kirk had technical problems with his guitar. And that was like an, I don't know, a sign that yeah. this vibe is so... Um, Dance, I don't know mm-hmm. because this is the first time they play this from the beginning to the end and even gear fails because <laughs> of this tension. I want to see live performance of the song, of course. This is maybe my most uh, wanted live song because maybe I so relate to it. I made three covers on it. I have to see it
0: live. <laughs> yeah, you deserve to see it live, and the way the harmonies progress as well. Like one of my all-time favourite moments in Metallica's music is the James playing where it's na 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 like that. That break there is just yeah, always always takes my breath away. Just the the, the passage these guitars have over top what Cliff's arpeggio paying is just their best stuff, some of their best ever stuff. I
1: like this part more than Mm -hmm. the pen part because it has better phrasing, I don't know. Yes, Uh, yeah. yeah, Maybe it's more dynamical. And um, Cliff actually plays something similar, something um, more difficult. And it creates... A little challenge for a bass player, for a guitar player, to uh, to not <clears throat> mess up in this part, because of, especially if they uh, are going through this interlude without mistakes, <laughs> and they have to keep it clean, like, yeah, we have to do this song and this part especially clear, because on Cliff's funeral, uh, the interlude or the whole song was played. Don't you remember?
0: I'm not entirely sure. I just know it was played at the funeral. I've read it in a few books, and that's all they seem to say, so I don't know. Uh,
1: so this part is like... Uh, I don't have to swear. <laughs> oh, you... Go ahead. <coughs> uh, um, you don't ha- No, I'm, I, I want to... I don't want to swear this time. <laughs> just to mess up is this in this uh, part is... Um, but, I uh, don't know, Cliff uh, would think, like, go ahead, fuck up. <laughs> I, I don't care, you, you played it live, we fuck up, we, this is uh, how it goes live. Uh, but as it progresses, as it is getting close to the Kirk's solo, it gets more dynamical, it gets more complicated. And... Uh, it was a challenge for me actually to play this interlude because of this constant repetition of these licks with slight variations, you know. This, every time Cliff played it a little bit different and to remember all the endings and then move to the harder part was a challenge for me and for guitar players too, I think. Uh, so, yeah.
0: And then, yeah, the... we, we have the, the solo which is fantastic as well. I love how the secondary rhythm guitar backs that, backs that up with the power chord stabs. And also during the harmonies as well, I should say, another guitar, a clean guitar is added. I don't know if you heard that, that effectively replicates the arpeggio that Cliff's playing.
1: Yeah, that was a thing that I mentioned in my very first um, breakthrough video, five things you might not notice in Metallica songs. Mm-hmm. That, that elusive clean part that is not mentioned in any tabs, any guitar tabs, and it is not in the Metallica uh, master track. No. I didn't find this clean guitar in Metallica stems.
0: Mm-hmm. It
1: was There was several bass tracks, several guitar tracks, distortion, and there's no clean, but I do hear clean guitar there. And it kind of repeats bass, but yeah. in its own way, uh, similar to... Jason Newstead, his variation of Orion uh, Interlude, they played it mm-hmm. um, on the Black Album Tour. He did this way, kind of. This, um, not actually tried, he played tried there. And um, we also, me and uh, a guy from, the guy from Sweden, we've, he figured out how to play this part. He tried to as- isolate this clean guitar. And actually, this is a little a little Easter egg maybe in Metallica song that they added later just to emphasize the bass and to add another um, uh, I don't know, vibe to this part. Because it's not going through the whole interlude. It's just no. these four bars or eight bars just to make it a bit more breathing uh, for our ears.
0: And what what do you think of Kirk's solo just before Cliff's solo enters?
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, it's I very it's it's like a great old school seventies rock progression, isn't it, as it begins.
1: Yeah. And the whole solo, um Cliff's solo was a continuation of this solo. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he just said, Kirk, I wanna play it. he just played the ending of Kirk's solo. Yeah. And thought, well, I could do that that might uh, serve the song. Uh, So, uh, this is one of Cliff's best works, this bass solo that he Mm -hmm. played after Kirk. But actually, this is an adaptation of Kirk's solo. Yeah. So, it's kind of, I don't know what to say about it. Um, This is Kirk's credit, or (laughs) Cliff's? Yeah. But the whole solo, we must remember that uh, Kirk uh, wrote um, mostly the Cliff solo too. Uh, that he followed the, his guitar yeah. part.
0: Yeah, and and that that's Cliff all over. You know, again complementing the song, making it thematically cohesive. And you know, I know this must be a big deal for you. You know, so much Cliff material. You're obviously a very gifted musician. I've said before. I've seen you play this solo, like. <laughs> Talk to me about Cliff solo here. What what do you think of it? It's kind of a landmark piece of music for metal fans and anyone, really.
1: This is uh, this piece of the song that everybody stumbles upon. They could play the main riff, the interlude, everything. But this moment, especially that, um, um, I don't know how to call this, (laughs)
0: it's
1: it's tricky. Uh And you can't say, I can play Orion until you learn this little uh, piece of the solo. And uh, this sometimes is frustrating for bass players. They know they can play Orion in general, this main riff and stuff. But that solo is such a a bummer that they can't get... uh, now. Mm-hmm. So they have to develop the technique and then finally they can say they play, play Orion entirely. That what I had been through. Uh, this is what I had to figure out myself. I didn't see anyone who played this solo in my town. So I just watched how Rob Trujillo did it. His fingers. How he um did this himself, and tried to make it with my fingers. And this is uh, why Orion is such a great song. It has parts of all levels of difficulty. And in my compilation, 20 levels of Cliff's bass, I used three pieces from this song for three levels of difficulty. Uh, I believe the intro riff, or the main reef was easy, The interlude was closer to medium and the bass solo was one of the hardest. So Orion is all the levels. It's essential bass work.
0: It is. And, you know, it's brief as well, Cliff Solo. There's not even that much lead playing in it because it's harmonizing a lot of the time. And I love the giant bend that it opens with as well. And, you know, as a kid listening to this, I didn't even know this was Cliff. It took me a few years and seeing it mentioned in books and stuff and going back and be like, fucking hell, of course that's bass. That's why it sounded so submerged and subnautical.
1: Yeah, that bass solo at the end was. Uh, yeah, I also uh, thought that that's guitar. But that's everyone's mistake when they just hear the song and do, then do, don't know anything about Metallica and the song. Some people still know that Foam the Belt also was the bass intro or mm-hmm. uh, guitar intro. Even Les Claypool, when he was auditioning for Metallica, he didn't play the intro and he thought, well, that's guitar, yeah? <laughs> and Ryan, right the same story. But that's what Cleve did. Yeah. It's,
0: yeah. Uh, you know, it's like he comes back to life for the 20 or so seconds there. It is just it always stops me in my tracks whenever it happens. I always listen intently to it. I love the fact that you know he did this and that this is as part of the song as, as any other. We then get back into the final movement of the song. Um we're led by a squawking Kirk Lead. It's quite phenomenal, very memorable. And again, to me, the song has a sense that it's you know falling apart. Um everything's kind of collapsing and going to hell. And it's just a wild ride, isn't it? The last sort of 90 seconds or so of Orion. Yeah, that's... Uh, um,
1: did you read this um, little story about how we may represent... Um, not represent, oh, oh my God. Um, how to think of this song as a story? Mm. Like the, a, a spaceship uh, going through the Orion constellation and the end part is was like it's going away like fading away it's it's been on this planet in this constellation the interlude was like they uh, landed on the planet and they see the stars above them the intro was that they are approaching this planet and all the maybe asteroid attack on them bombarded at the end that was they are leaving the planet. Mm. In short, just how the guy um, wrote about it. And actually, I believe not believe, but actually I think that the outro of Orion sounds better live than on studio version, because it's more a bit faster. It's a bit more filled with uh, drums, not just ta-ta-ta, ta ta but Lars adds some uh, maybe double um, bass, I mean drums. It's more metal, maybe. It's more speedy. Okay. So, yeah, this is, I think that the breakdown of Creeping Death and the outro of Orion sound a much better life because they are more dynamical.
0: I understand. Yeah, yeah, I feel I feel that as well. And then we go back into you know the riff of old, which which yeah, live does have a bit more teeth on it. And from there, the song as we fade it in, it yeah. fades out. It, it grows dimmer. It, it you know it continues beyond the listener. It doesn't end with this giant crash of chords. It just sort of. Yeah, just kind of not not whimpers out, but is uh, you know is snuffed slightly. Um, any uh, any final? I mean, we've spoken a lot about this song. Any final thoughts on Orion from you, Andrew? Um, again, this is a great piece
1: of music for beginner bass players. They uh, started when they can't do anything on bass. They just try to play it, and they can play some riffs. And as they progress. As bass players, they can get the whole song. And in terms of songwriting, this is how you write songs without vocals that sound so easy, like to understand even. Eight minutes. Eight minutes and 26 seconds, yeah?
0: Yeah.
1: But it just, it's so, it just flies by. It really does. You can't. you lose the sense of time when you hear this song. This is a metal version, a metal rendition of classical um, uh, sonatas. I don't know.
0: Yeah, I concur. Uh, and I, I, when I had Ray Burton on the show, I remember him talking about Cliff bringing the harmonies home and Ray and his wife Jan actually waltzing, dancing to them. And they, <laughs> they do have that um, you know joyous canter. And as we always do on the show, we open it up to you guys as well at Metallica pod. Follow us on Twitter. Um, you know, I like to ask a day or two before people's thoughts on the songs. Always get some good responses. Um, just to read out a few Sabbath Bloody Podcast. Roy, everyone, go check out that podcast if you're into Black Sabbath. And the slightest, fantastic show. He says, my favorite of the instrumentals, driving, ever-changing, and always engaging. So much is going on in there, but it still feels so open. It's truly an astonishing composition. It will be stellar if we got an S and M two rendition to honor it. One for the boys to impress the orchestra. Ralph says Mm -hmm. Metallica's best instrumental by far, and probably the best of all time. Cliff's lead bass work is phenomenal throughout this amazing piece of art. It has a very classical feel. Sabra says, Godlike. John Bradshaw says, Greatest piece of their music. Couldn't write anything close to that about Cliff. He shows what they've missed since he's died. Gary saying, quite possibly the greatest instrument in the history of recorded music. Elizabeth saying, unforgettable. I mean, people are going wild here, clearly. Um, you know, and MTI finally saying, amazing, so happy they put the lead bass actually in, actually in the lead, in the mix, which is sometimes a problem even in pre-Justice Metallica. I mean, Andre, obviously we've got SNM2 coming up, as some people reflected there. They've got to do Orion, right? Mm-hmm.
1: Of course. I hope they will figure out how to make it with the symphony. And... Uh... I can't wait yeah. to see to hear this this version of Orion and um, people expect it. People want it. They have been waiting for it for decades,
0: mm-hmm.
1: as well as a few other songs that Metallica ignores. <laughs> yeah, I'm really looking forward to it.
0: Yes, yes. I mean, they are fan-pleasers at the end of the day, Metallica. They don't really rip hold <laughs> yeah, much yeah. from us. So, they, yeah, I can, I can see it happening. I can certainly see them doing it. And, um, you yeah. know, I think, yeah, it, it, it would be a joy to behold... Orion has been played 68 times. Um, as I mentioned, mm-hmm. it was I think bits of it were played in San Francisco, but it was debuted in Germany. Um, it was last played uh, about a year ago, more than a year ago, February 10th, 2018, in Italy, in Turin, Italy. So, yeah, hopefully we see it on SNM2 again. Could you ever see them just breaking this out live, like on a worldwide show? Or? I have
1: never been to Metallica show right. because of uh, reasons yeah. uh, that... Uh, Reasons, okay, but uh, <laughs> I I watched a lot of live performances and ten years ago when I was just start starting exploring Metallica. I, of course, I watched this uh, debut and their their um, uh, magnetic tour versions, mm-hmm. and they like I'm glad that Orion made it to the their list, their live list. And they have played it almost 70 times. More than, like, half of their songs. And the fans are glad. They are always welcome to the song.
0: Finally then, I guess for yourself, how do people get at you? You know, read your work, help support. Cause obviously, everyone needs to go on the channel and watch you play Orion. I might put a clip of it at the end of the episode, actually. Because you, uh, you nailed it. But um, how do people, you know, watch your stuff?
1: Uh, well, um... Just Google, search on YouTube, Andriy Vasilenko, A-N-D-R-I-Y, <laughs> and, uh, well, you'll see my videos. I'm everywhere now. I've made, like, 200 Metallica videos, so you cannot miss me. <laughs> so you... Um... You will definitely come across me somewhere. And yeah. By the way, I wanted to congratulate you on this hard work. It's been two years since you began this thing. Mm. I remember you wrote me for the first time two years ago when my channel just started, grew yeah. decently. It was All Night Merlon. And I asked you to write your questions in advance so I could prepare my thoughts. <laughs>
0: <Yep>. <laughs> and
1: uh, not to be too confused. <laughs> you know, That's but enough, now no. I, now I, I don't think my English improved like dramatically. But uh, now I have a, a drink that relaxes me, so I <laughs> hope you understood what i said
0: no absolutely man and it is a privilege to speak to you on this sort of stuff. you were the only one that i wanted for Orion. i knew that since discovering your channel this is going to be a very special episode this is actually the longest episode i've ever done for a song and i figured it yeah? might be yeah this is actually the longest one ever
1: so I'll go, I'll go. uh you know and
0: i can't really see it being beaten there's nothing coming up that maybe i even rank as high as Ryan. Well. maybe there's a few as we'll get to but um yeah everyone listening Please go support Andre's stuff. Of course, put the links down below. Um, Subscribe to Alf Metallica. Get at me at MetallicaPod. Patreon is there if you want to support As Always you want to give back to the show. I will shout you out on the show. And also you get all the goodies that are on the channel straight to your phone. We'll be back next week. We've got the Outlaw Torn and Overkill. And then Phantom Lord and Poor Twisted Me. There's the next fortnight of the show coming up. But uh, yeah, this has been Tom. Go check out Andre's old episodes with me as well and all his other material. Thank you again, man. Yeah, thank you Tom.